Hi, I'm Sierra and I like Teslas because of the exhilaration. Welcome to the New Zealand All That Tesla podcast. Coming up in this episode, I speak to Jaggy Bupel, who's a real estate professional who has travelled the length of the country, it seems, with a Model 3 and his family. And I'm very interested to find out what got Jaggy into the Model 3, how he chose that particular EV. I'd also like to know more about the very cool matte PPF that he has installed on his Model 3. I am Alex, and this is NZ All That's Tesla Podcast. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me. And uh, hello to all the listeners. Thank you very much, Jaggy, for making the time available. We love to catch up with well-known members of our group, <laughs> and you've certainly contributed a lot to the group for us. Thank you. Thanks so for saying I'd that. So I'd like to, to find out a little about your family. You were in Hamilton, is, is that correct? Uh, yes, Alex. I was in Hamilton for the last 12 years, um, and then we recently made the plunge, and uh, we moved to Christchurch last year in November, and uh, we were looking forward to it. It was a beautiful trip, but as you know, there was a little bit of an incident on the way down here, but that's all part of it. <laughs> oh, I'll, t- I'll ask you about that in just a Certainly. moment. Certainly. But... Uh, First off, can you introduce your, your you have children? That's right. So I've got a five-year-old uh, and a three-year-old, uh, so five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. Um, yep. And right. yeah, we made the trip. Uh, son wasn't overly keen on driving, but hey, it is what it is. They slept halfway through and the standard jazz that, hey, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> that carries on. <laughs> uh, but my daughter loves driving, so it was all fun. And, of course, you know, we took the ferry and whatnot. So that was that was, um, that was something they were really looking forward to. Uh, but I guess what yeah. we ended up doing is we broke the journey into three over three or four days. And, uh, you know, we stopped in a few places here and there. So it wasn't overly bad. Right. Okay. And so your wife has enjoyed the move to Christchurch? Oh, it was tiring to see say the least uh, <laughs> so it, it, it isn't it isn't easy selling your house and then packing and moving it never is especially if you've got two little little ones it's it's even harder but as I said we were looking forward to it uh, it was a long-term plan it was long-term coming uh, it was long time coming and yeah we ended up doing it and yes she she certainly enjoyed it but it was tiring to say the least so when we yeah when we moved <laughs> of course. yeah when we moved here of course you know you have to um, rent and then reestablish all over again so we are still tired. <laughs> well, at least uh, at least your connections in the real estate industry would have would have made that more straightforward than for many people. I I, I would say so yes, and I've had few friends in Christchurch over the years as well, and that was certainly helpful. So yes, you're bang on. Now, speaking of long-term plans, can you tell me how you got involved with electric vehicles <laughs> and how you came to choose the Tesla? Yes. Um, uh, look, in the end of the day, um, everyone knows it's the Nissan Leaf. Uh, that's the actual drug which sort of hooks you into the CV world as such. Um, so <laughs> my wife um, used to work in Waitoa, which is past Morinsville. Um, so it's about 40, 45 odd minutes one way. Um, so we used to... Oh, that's the dairy, dairy. That's the dairy factory? That's right, Waitoa? yeah, Fonterra yeah. Waitoa factory. So um, this is going back three, three and a half years four years ago, I think. Um, so we, we thought, boy, we're spending quite a lot on fuel. Um, and, you know, we had our first 
child as well and your expenses going through the roof so you're always thinking of hey what can you do so the next step which we thought is look we are spending about 15 odd dollars in fuel on a daily basis um, should we look into a hybrid vehicle and at that point I came across electric vehicles and I had no idea about EVs as such sure I've seen few EVs here and there and mostly Nissan Leafs so um, you know I started reading a lot about them and then watching few videos here and there and uh, we obviously, you know, I came across Hamilton AV, Nick and Shane, they're brilliant. Uh, they um, answered so many questions. You know, first time if you're buying an EV, it's a completely different world. You have no idea about, you know, electric vehicles as such. So they were brilliant and uh, information online has been great as well. So we, we did a bit of a math that, you know, 15 bucks in fuel, you know, with the fuel prices back in the day, and opposed to, you know, three dollars of charging overnight so that just made logical sense because she travels 80 kilometers dead set on a daily basis so that's 250 kilometers monday to friday and then we drive another 100 k's you know over the weekend so we thought what are we doing so we thought okay look ev nissan leaf starting point not too bad 15 to 20k you know let's just see how it works and it's worked wonders so we have put close to 80,000 kilometers on that electric car which is a 2014 Nissan Leaf and we right. yeah we actually thought we would sell it in Hamilton but the car's fantastic so we actually you know uh, got it on the uh, on the trailer and uh, you know for a moving company so they moved the car for us here and of course we drove here uh, from Hamilton to Christchurch in our Model 3 so we just can't seem to get rid of Nissan Leaf it's such a beautiful car well not beautiful as such but you know you know what I mean it's <laughs> <laughs> oh I do yes it's an elegant solution to the problem of getting to work yes yeah, it, yeah. it's a and 2014 means it's a 24 kilowatt Indeed, uh, uh, battery. Indeed. So you probably have a range of maybe a hundred, hundred and twenty or so, hundred and twenty, seventy-five percent SOH. So it still does what it needs to do. It's a good, you know, commuter car as such. And we don't live in Christchurch, Christchurch. We are based in Lincoln, which is about twenty odd kilometers away from Christchurch city central. Uh, but this car still can go from. Lincoln to Pegasus and back which is about 100 odd kilometers and you know 40% of that is on highways as well so once when you try an EV you just obviously can't go back so when I jumped into real estate last year I thought look you know I have to get an EV and I have to get a car which looks nice as well so I actually ended up purchasing Hyundai Ioniq and it was a it was a black car and I, I was just lucky enough to get one for a decent price from Turner's auctions Wow. And that was a nice little car as well. Um, the only thing is, um, you know, when the the whole Tesla thing came up, I spoke to my wife. I said, look, Tesla's dropped the price by $3,000 and the government rebate has kicked in. You know, I know I only bought this car about 10 months ago. And, you know, it was hurting me that I spent 30K on a, on a car. I've never purchased an ex- expensive car like this. But because of my profession, you know, you have to because before you even start, talking to a client it's the first three or four seconds when they see you they form sort of an impression um, they see what is he driving what is he wearing that's just what a profession is you know it's more of a glamorous thing yes I, <laughs> mm. I I guess so and the the sensible money is definitely on a electric vehicle that's now, right yes if you were going to buy any sort of a vehicle in that price range mm. it'd be really silly not to make it an electric vehicle so I think that's 
really, I didn't realise you'd had the Ionic as yes, well. Yes, I did, Alex. And that yeah. tells me that really the Tesla would have been an easy sell to you because you would have already understood all of the principles of, of driving an EV, such as what's involved in charging at home and mm. what's involved in charging on trips Absolutely. and so on. So, mm. yeah, Absolutely. I see. So, see, uh, the thing is, Alex, um, I love the vehicle so much. And with my work, I had to drive that car so much. You wouldn't believe I actually put 20,000 kilometers on my Ionic in 10 months. So that shows wow. you how much I had to Less drive. Less than a year. Go yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and matter of fact, we yeah. actually made three different trips to Palmerston North from Hamilton as well in that Ionic. Um, again, for work right. purposes and, of course, you know, fast charging on the way. Ionic was a beautiful car and it did well and it looked nice and everything. But obviously, Tesla was the next step up while we thought we were selling the house doing everything from scratch, moving to a new place, so be it, you know. Let's just go ahead and pump, you know, spend, spend yeah. some more money and get an upgrade. <laughs> yes, it can be difficult. If you actually do the sums, it can be a little difficult to justify a Tesla mm -hmm. if a if a lower-priced vehicle will do the job. Mm. Uh, by that I mean if you weren't doing a particularly large number of kilometers then that's right the ionic and the leaf would have been absolutely fine mm. but i think that it's i think it goes further than that though as you say the when you are a customer facing you know, person like like you mm -hmm. are you obviously have a lot of connections mm -hmm. i think that having an identity in your vehicle is quite important as well so i'm really uh, happy for you that you've uh, landed on tesla as your chosen identity i think that it will definitely endear you to a younger <laughs> group a younger audience um, <laughs> um i i would say tell me about yeah i would say it's everyone because um it's a different looking vehicle it's a different color and on top of that because it's got full matte ppf on it um, I get, I you know, my, my car gets eyeballed all the time. So younger generation, yes, they I can clearly see they, they get excited when they see the car. But even the older folks, the older generation, they are quite keen on, hey, what's this car, you know? they Because to them, it's something different. It's, it's something new. So yes, you're right. And in regards to spending so much money up front, look, uh, because I came from uh, like a SUV Vanguard RAV4 sort of car, to an Ionic, which was 30k. So the step up from 30k was sort of okay. And especially because, you know, we were doing everything from scratch, selling the house and whatnot. Um, but if I had to go from, you know, Vanguard, which is a 20,000 car to a 70,000 car, that would have been a little bit harsh on my pocket. So yes, you are you yes. are right on and saying, um, you know, what you said earlier. Yes. Well, I, I justified it to myself in a slightly different way. I mean, just for your interest, I had several cars because I was a bit of a car enthusiast. <laughs> so I had a, a convertible sports car and then I had a, a hatchback, which I used for trips to the tip and stuff like that and, and, and you know just the runaround car mm. and then like you I, I felt that I needed to have a car that looked tidy as well so I had a you know Alpha 156 so nice little saloon car as mm. well which I would drive on business trips and things uh, and then oh I suppose I had other cars which I was fixing up you know cars which I'd buy as projects and do them yeah. up and so at one point I owned four or five or, or yeah five cars I think was the, the the highest number and I'd worked my way up to a very expensive convertible sports car which you probably know about already <laughs> it's good and 
I found that that was very disappointing and I, and I got very little use out of that car mm. because it was so impractical. So when I bought my Model 3, it actually replaced multiple cars at once because suddenly here was a car that was fast and fun to drive, but it was also a practical car mm. that I wouldn't mind putting rubbish in the, in the back That's of. True. And also, you know, a car that was smart enough to, you know, take on business trips and, and things like that. Yep. So basically the one car, if you, if you buy a good one, you know, if you buy a good EV, it can actually replace several vehicles. Yep. Many people put tow bars That's on true. their Model 3, mm. and that allows the Model 3 to be yep. more, you know, practical. Do you, do you have a tow bar on your No, I, I don't. Remember. No, I'm, I'm a bit hopeless okay. when it comes to these things. But I do tend to agree with what you're saying there, Alex. It's one car. It does have many roles, so it fits quite a few people. Yes. And it is a very practical car indeed. Yes, I do completely agree to it. I don't have a tow bar on mine either, mm. so it's fine. <laughs> I I personally like to just pay to have bulky things delivered quite honestly <laughs> rather than go to the trouble of borrowing a trailer. But anyway, so getting back to the Nat PPF that you mentioned. Now, I've seen photos of your car. Mm. It looks awesome. I Thank mean, you. you. You've taken a... you've Yeah, you've taken a midnight silver metallic, so the... I rather uncharitably call that, you know, dark grey colour. And by putting a matte PPF over it, you've given it this sort of sheen. You know, it's got this beautiful uh, sort of gunmetal-like sheen to it. And I just think it's a a brilliant move. And it looks best on that out of the five colours that they come in. I think Mm. the the one that you picked Mm. is is the best for that matte effect. Mm -hmm. Um, How on earth did you come up with that idea? Um, Did you visit a shop that sells wrap and have a look at the options what shop did you visit oh look um uh, my close mate in hamilton dr tent um uh, by the way i got my tents done as well all the windows roof and everything from him um right so he rang me one day and he said look i've got a model 3 here it's it's black and it has ppf on it as well and i was at the time contemplating should i be doing it or should i not because obviously you know you spend so much on a car and then it's another added expense on top and when he phoned me up i was obviously very pumped to see a model 3 with a ppf on it but i did actually say to him that look this is going to be a very expensive phone call for me because if I come and see it, <laughs> then I might have to go ahead with it, which is going to be, <laughs> you know, burning another hole in my pocket. But nevertheless, I went uh, to her shop and sure enough, there was a black uh, Model 3 um, with the PPF done on it. And I thought, boy, it looks so different and it looks so clean. Well, uh, yes, it looks good on um, on the gunmetal gray color. Um, if I knew that I would have gone for PPF on my car, I would have chosen black. And that's just my preference. The Ionic I had was a black car and sure, it gets dirty and it shows all the swirl marks and stuff. But look, I chose to go for PPF is because, you know, you don't have to clean as often and it's a bit forgiving as well if, you know, you you don't do the proper washing techniques uh, with the swirl marks and stuff. It's forgiving because it's right, self-healing. Right. So if I knew that if uh, that I had to go for PPF at a later stage, I would have chosen black, but that's just my personal preference. But in saying that, it certainly does look good on the gunmetal gray as well. Um, when I actually saw a gunmetal car as it is. And then I parked my car next to it and sure there's a huge difference and no matter and that's probably the reason people, you know, look at my car because it just looks so different. To me, Alex, uh, I thought, look, you know, it's my first brand new car, plus it's a Tesla, which, you know, I got it now. I actually thought when, you know, we'll be able to afford a Tesla when we retire 
but you know situations changed in a way that we did manage to buy a Tesla and I thought it's a first brand new car first Tesla and if there's any product which is gonna make my life easy uh, you know obviously it saves you from your stone chips and stuff but also it's got hydrophobic properties so you don't have to wash the car as often uh, but that's when the ceramic right. coating comes on top of PPF. So that's another product which right. you can pop on top, as you know. So um, I physically thought, okay, look, I've spent so much. Might as well be a little bit more. Um, it just gives the car a different look. Um, you know. It's... So have you, sorry, have you put ceramic coating on your... Ring? No, um, I would have loved to do it myself, but I didn't. Um, I did do the ceramic coating on my Nissan Leaf. Uh, myself it was a DIY job and I quite enjoyed doing it and the reason I didn't do it on the expel PPF um, and that's the brand name expel PPF um, they suggested not to do a DIY uh, ceramic coating on top of PPF um, because it may void the warranty on the PPF as such so the expel PPF does come with a 10-year warranty uh, but they do supply their own uh, ceramic coating which can only be done by the installers so it's not a DIY product um, so right. which is an ongoing cost because obviously the ceramic coating fades off after what couple of years um, but of course you have to maintain yes. it the installers did suggest to either get it done in the shop or go for a specific shampoo which does have a ceramic infused uh, products in them itself. Yes. yes so I think it's called angel wax or something so I think that's what uh, I'll end yes. up with. I would, yeah. I would agree with that. I think the concern with using ceramic coating over a matte finish, there are two possible problems I can see with that. One is that you might affect the the color of the wrap. Mm-hmm. So you may turn it slightly darker, mm-hmm. which would have the effect possibly mm-hmm. of creating a blotchy sort of color. Yeah. And so there's a risk that that would happen. Mm. But the second concern is always with any product that contains a solvent, Mm -hmm. there is the risk that solvent may damage the properties of the PPF film. Mm. And the the same logic in my mind, applies to the interior. Mm. I mean, many people like to apply a coating on the seats, but I'm personally not keen on that because I feel that the solvent in the coating could easily affect the the seat material. Even if you don't see it happening at the time, yep. it can still weaken the material. So um, anyway, that that's just my opinion on that based on my experience with mm-hmm, coatings. Mm-hmm. And so it's very interesting to hear. And I agree also that there are wash products on the market that will get you most of the way there. Mm. In particular, there's something called Fireball Hydrophobic Shampoo, which I think would work well. And it also works well on the glass on the car, Mm. um, in my experience. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. yeah, I think you are best to go with that advice from, uh, you know, from the PPF installers Mm -hmm. to to use a product like that, yep. a hydrophobic wash product. That's right, yeah. yes. Um, so uh, just a quick suggestion for people who are contemplating getting PPF on their vehicles. Um, when I got my car, I wanted the PPF to be done straight away. And I chose Expel because obviously it does have uh, you know decent warranty, which is a 10-year warranty on the product, and it 
seem to be you know highly ranked on the internet searches as well um, and obviously going by the Facebook group suggestions so I ended up installing um, going through to Rap Trade in Cambridge and they did a fantastic job and I chose them as well because I knew I'll, I'll be moving down to Christchurch so I made sure that warranty will be intact and who can I contact if there's an issue so that warranty carries on with the Avid group here in Christchurch because they all work together they, these two three installers I think there's one called Rap shop up in Auckland so these three installers are certified installers for the Expel PPF um, oh, so one yep. suggestion I would say to people is that look if you have decided to go ahead with the PPF just make sure you get it done straight away because um, otherwise you know if you do get marks here and there then it's sort of extra work for the uh, for you know the installers to um, fix before they put the PPF on um, secondly as, yes. as we know as with everything you know the cost is going to go up next year so if you are going to be spending let's say seven eight thousand now next year potentially be nine thousand um yeah it's just that's just another thing which could crop up in mind as well um what another thing i would suggest is hands down make sure you ensure your ppf um, rather than just upping the cost of your vehicle so i have come across insurance companies who said look we do not cover ppf as such but what you can right. do is if your vehicle is seventy five thousand dollars insure it for eighty thousand dollars that's good if it's a write-off but if it's not a write-off which is what happened in my case uh, the small incident which oh, we had yes. then if the insurance doesn't cover you for PPF then you'll be out of pocket because they obviously um, the repair people charge you to remove the PPF first and then they do the paint work and then you will have to fork out extra money to put the PPF back on as well so that's one suggestion I would say to listeners um, that look if you are going ahead with PPF make sure your insurance covers the PPF as such in case there's an incident yes. rather than just upping the cost of your insurance sum that is a very good point mm. Jackie thank you for sharing that with us because I had not thought of that the fact that total replacement of the vehicle is one thing mm. but repair of the ppf for a small event yep. is quite a different problem and you want that to be covered so right. that sounds very important yes. to negotiate yeah. so thank you for explaining so that. i i um, only knew about this have... because you know it happened to me so on the way from hamilton to christchurch uh, there was a small accident where i scraped the left side of my car against a rock was extremely tired yes. um, and it just happened. now I wanted to know where this rock was how did that uh, how did that come about <laughs> oh look it was a long drive and uh, this was a new Plymouth um, it was um, at a bed and breakfast and it was a sort of a narrow pathway and I had to go on the it was more like a fork sort of driveway so uh, off the road um, obviously you know it leads to two different roads as such so when you come from the road it led to two different driveways i had to go to the driveway yes. on the right hand side but i ended up going to the driveway on the left hand side and when i figured out it wasn't <laughs> that right one i made a u-turn and then um when i was did you um did you have someone in the passenger seat navigating was that something which was a factor <laughs> um no it's just it just was a funny angle uh so my wife was in the passenger seat kids at the back and you know this was 5 30 in the evening we had a big drive from you know hamilton to new plymouth and uh the the uh -huh. land wasn't even as well it was slightly tilted 
and the big huge yes. rock was sitting there just waiting for my car to come and scrape it against so i'm just very uh, i'm just very impressed how you've taken total ownership of this mistake and you haven't uh, you have blamed on you anyone haven't brought your wife into this at all no <laughs> oh look you know this was my first incident and you know i guess i can forgive forgive myself and you know you make a mistake you own up to it it's that simple so did the metalwork get straightened out okay? What was involved in getting that repaired? Um, quite a bit. So I don't know what it's called. I think um, rockers or maybe just those horizontal fenders. I don't know. Just, you know, yes. under under Sills. your door. Sills, yeah. yes. So that got scraped and uh, the bumper at the back got stra- scraped as well. Um, and I sort of learned uh, the suggestion which I gave earlier. I only came to learn about it once when we were going through the insurance claim because earlier we thought it's not going to be covered and I'll be out of pocket by another $3,000 because, you know, they have to remove it and then install it again. But luckily, um, it was all covered in insurance. So it was it was a, a big, big sort of repair job and it was close to Christmas time as well. Luckily, the car was drivable. I guess they had to order a different part and they had to chop the part which got damaged and then replace yes. it, weld it, paint it all over again. Of course, this all had to be done by removing the PPF first, removing the parts first, and then you know repair it, paint it, and then it had to go to the Avid group for a couple of days as well to put the PPF back on. So yes. it was a bit of a job. Wow. Mm. But it got done. It did get done, Well. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing the details of that story. I remembered it from the group a little, but I couldn't remember the specifics. <laughs> That's right. And of course, I certainly didn't know about the aspect of the PPF being covered mm. by insurance mm. or not. Mm. I had only one piece of advice, really, uh, to to add, you know, to what you said. I mean, uh, your car obviously has the awesome effect of PPF over the whole car. Mm. Um, I respect that not everybody can afford mm. this, and so. I would just pass on one piece of advice. I mean, I don't have PPF on my car. And when I bought the car, I intended to have PPF put just on the front of the car. I thought that would be where Mm. it would get chipped and and damaged. However, what I have actually found is it's the sills and it's the bitter head of the rear wheel. That's the bit that has the chips on my car. Mm -hmm. And so the piece of advice I would give, Mm -hmm. if you're the sort of driver who doesn't tailgate, so as long as you don't tailgate people, you you won't actually get all the chips on the front of the car. It turns Mm. out that it's actually the sills... The sills and the bottoms of the doors on my car are where I've seen most of the the chips. They're very small chips, but there's lots of them. I completely agree. And so the advice... Yes, the advice I would give to the audience, even if you feel that you're not in the market for a full mm. PPF job, at least consider having the sills and perhaps the bottoms of the doors protected. Because, yeah, if you go to a good quality outfit like the names that have been mentioned, um, then you will get you know the top quality product installed properly, and yeah, you won't see any ugly, great you know cuts and, and marks. Um, even if you just have the sills of the car done, you know, you won't see the edges of the sills very easily. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think you've given us some really useful information. Thank you. And it's great to hear the backstory <laughs> of how you, you know, got into Tesla. Mm. And I hope your children enjoy, you know, riding around in an electric car. Indeed. I hope they'll uh, grow up thinking that this is the norm and that uh, over the years we'll just see more and more. Um, electric vehicles mm. on the road. So, mm. agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, just quickly adding on to what you had to say earlier, Alex. Um, I was contemplating yes. going for partial PPF as well, um, obviously for cost reasons. 
but because I like the matte finish so much, I can't quite go half matte and half, <laughs> you know, shiny as such. <laughs> so that's that's the sheer no, reason absolutely. I had to um, go for a full matte finish. But ideally, that would be a good option. Um, obviously, uh, if you you can choose to go for a matte finish or a glossy finish, and that's what many people end up doing as well. They go for partial gloss finish in the front or the other parts where they think there's going to be more damage from uh, stone chips and stuff and rest of the car can be ceramic coated as well so that's something which most often people end up doing as well okay so i think we should wrap this up now i think we've learned a lot about ppf and as i said your backstory it's been really enjoyable hearing how you got into to tesla and, and and so forth so i hope to see you again in the group soon i know you contribute quite a lot there as well mind you we all sort of have our best times and our and our less um well put it this way you must be quite busy in the real estate business down in christchurch that must be quite a a growth market would that be fair to say <laughs> it is it is getting busier for me uh, mind you i've only started doing real estate about a month month and a half ago here in christchurch so i'm fairly new here but oh, right. uh, forming uh, good connections fairly quickly uh, but yes it is it is indeed getting busy and i'm actually listing a house next week as well so that's going to keep me busy and hopefully connections fall from there on yes mm. okay well, I hope, I hope you get to enjoy many trips around in your Model 3, and I look forward to hearing from you again. Really appreciate the time you've given us no today. No problems, Alex. Thank you very much. And uh, clearly, I didn't sound very professional uh, like yourself, but thanks to the audience and thanks to yourself for putting up with my voice and my accent and my English. And <laughs> Oh, come on, Jaggy. You're very enthusiastic, and that's what we like to hear on no this problems. podcast. Thank we you. like to have enthusiastic contributions. Easy. So... If you're listening to this and you feel that you'd like to talk to me about a similar topic, then please do get in touch. You can find me on Facebook Messenger or you can use the email address alex at allthatstesla.nz. Thanks again for listening and happy electric motoring. Thanks, Alex. Goodbye. See you again.